What a joy it is to be here this day. Uh, over this process of God calling us to be your pastor, for me to be your pastor, what an honor it is. It kind of reminded me uh, when our four children were born. It's kind of like when John Robert was born. I thought, man alive, how, how can I love him? And it's like as he's being born and I get to hold him, it's kind of like God just opened up another whole area of my life to be able to love him. Then when I knew that Emily was coming along through all that process that we worked through with her being born just a, our miracle child, I thought, how in the world can I love Emily as much as I do John Robert? How's that going to happen? I remember seeing Emily the first time she was on a high-frequency ventilator, and when I saw her, it's like God just expanded my heart that much more. So when Mary Beth came along, I said, Lord, how am I going to love three children like I do my first two? Mary Beth was born, and it's like God just enlarged my heart that much more to love her. Then when Matthew came along, I said, Lord, I've got three children already. How, how am I going to love the fourth as much as I do the other three? And it's like God just enlarged my heart that much more. Can I tell you what's happened through this process for Amy and I and our family? We've been able to watch God enlarge our heart to love you. And I want you to know, First Baptist, the Stitz family is not here by accident. The Stitz family is here for such a time as this, and we're looking forward to this journey. And I hope you don't get tired of me telling you it's a joy to do life with you. We're a family together. And I hope you don't ever get tired of you us saying we do love you and what a joy it is to do life with you. Pastor Paul and I, yeah, Pastor Paul and I, Pastor Paul and I were doing hospital calls on Thursday as we were in the hospitals visiting uh, people having surgery. What a joy it is to come alongside of you at those times in life. I know Pastor Paul and I are going to visit uh, a lot of people tomorrow, so thank you for letting me do that. I just thoroughly enjoy doing that. Hey, can, let me tell you something that happened five and a half years ago. Five and a half years ago, my mom and dad spent the month of January in Florida. The last week of that month, they came to Daytona and they spent the week here in Daytona. When they were here, they came and worshipped with you at First Baptist. A part of that process, they heard about the church property that the church had bought all those years ago. And I'm going to be Quite honestly, that really excited my mom and my dad. I mean, my dad planted a church and started a church and watched God expand and do a great work. So while my mom and dad were here that week, not only did they come and worship here, but they snuck over to the new church property, and my mom and dad walked all, a lot of that property out there. And when they came back to Chattanooga, they said, you're not going to believe this, Eric. We had one of the most incredible experiences. On our month away, the last week we were at First Baptist Daytona, they got, Eric, 
they've got 230 acres or so of land. And you know what we did? We, we went out there, we snuck out there, and we just walked over it. And we absolutely fell in love with it. And we just said, God is going to do something so great right here in this property. It's going to be amazing. I remember my dad telling my dad just so excited about it. Well, just a couple days went by. My dad wasn't feeling good, went to the doctor. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, his doctor called him. And you and I know when the doctor calls you at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's not good news. The doctor said, Brother Bob, this is what we found in your blood today. You, you need to go to the hospital. You need to go right now. You can't wait till 6 o'clock in the morning. You need to get your stuff. you got to go to the hospital right now at this moment. We've already got it set up at the hospital. They're waiting for you right now. My mom and dad immediately called me, and I met them at the hospital, and we began a journey that um, I never thought we'd have to walk through. Within 24 hours, my dad's already on chemo. He was diagnosed with leukemia, the kind of called AML. My dad went to heaven, transitioned to heaven 96 days after he was diagnosed. My dad had no earthly idea that his son one day was going to have the incredible honor to lead First Baptist Daytona to that new property. I believe, I, I, believe God was, I believe God was already preparing the hearts of my mom and my dad. As a matter of fact, my mom's coming this week, and she's coming down to buy a house, so she got, because she's ready to go. I'm telling you, you better watch out. She is ready to go, and uh, she is all in on what God's going to do. Here's what I need you to do. Will you take out your domino? Did you get your domino? I, I, I was kind of funny coming in as the greeters were handing out dominoes. They're saying, why are you getting a domino? Why are we getting a domino? Here's the reason why. I want you to look at your domino and count how many dots you have on that domino. You got how many dots? On the count of three, I, I want you to holler out how many dots you have on that domino, Okay. And, and I want you to know this, when, when you come to our house, our family really likes to play games. But when we play games, I, I want you to know, your pastor likes to win. <laughs> Have you ever met that person that said, well, we just play games and it's just for fun. It doesn't matter who wins or loses. It's just the fellowship together. When you're at my house, I, we play to win. Does anybody agree with me? Anybody with me? All right. I mean, if you're not playing to win, what fun is it, you know? Uh, you know, I, I tell you what, I played uh, tennis all through school. I love playing tennis. And uh, I, I was either in the district championship game or the semifinals in the district tournament. And the guy I was playing was cheating on me. I, I just can't stand cheaters. You know, he has just kept cheating on me and cheating me on. He ended up beating me. But I tell you what, I would break his legs in order to win. I mean, I, I like to win. So when you come to our house, be ready to play, and we'll have a great time, and we will enjoy it. But I won't let you win. 
All right, on the count of three, just holler out how many dots are on your domino. You ready? One, two, three. All right, who has eight dots? Who's got eight dots? All right, who's got one? God bless you. Who's got 12? Anybody like me who's got four? Here's what I want you to do. Look at that domino. When you got saved, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you got saved, God spiritually gifted you. God spiritually gifted you so it could be used within a body. Doesn't the scripture says there's many different parts, but there's how many bodies? One body. So I don't care if you have one spiritual gift. Use that spiritual giftedness for the Lord. I don't care if you're like my domino. Well, Pastor Eric, I've only got four spiritual gifts. Use them for the Lord. Here's what I want you to hear. When you are in Jesus Christ, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you to empower you for what he has called you to do. Whatever you do, we don't need you sitting on the sidelines watching the game. We need you using your giftedness, and we need you in the game as you are spiritually sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So I got a question. Are you ready to get in the game? I don't care if you got one spiritual gift or 12 spiritual gifts. I don't care if you got a thousand spiritual gifts. Guess what? Let's get out of the sidelines. Let's get out of the stands and let's get in the game. You know, I always think it's funny during football season, we get mad at those players that are on the field. You know, even last night, you know, I, I watched a minute of Tennessee win last night, their basketball game. And one of these times, I mean, there was four or five guys up there in the stands, you know, a little bit more seasoned in life. They are just screaming with everything they had from the stands. Hey, guys, it's one thing to be in the stands. It's another thing to be on the playing surface playing. First Baptist. God's brought us all here for such a time as this. I believe God's got something great for us. So I don't care however God spiritually gifted you. Come get in the game and watch God do something great. But what's the key to it? What what is the key? What is the key of God unleashing and opening up the windows of heaven? What is the key for seeing God do more than we ever think or imagine? What is the key for us going and knocking on 2,000 doors in two hours or less? What is the key as we drop 30,000 eggs from a helicopter to tell them that Jesus loves them? What's the key? What's the key of opening up to the blessings of God? What is the key to contentment? What is the key to peace? What is the key to what God has? 
It's one word. Brokenness. If we're going to be used of God, if we're going to see God do a great work, the key is not, oh, better, we better work harder. The key is not, man, we better think a little bit harder and figure this out. The key is not, hey, look at what we can do. The key, the opening up the door that all that God wants is a life lived in brokenness. Here's what I want you to do. Turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 34. Psalms chapter 34, this is a beautiful text of Scripture as David is crying out to God. And you're going to see in this text of Scripture... You're going to see a family, an individual, a church that God blesses is a person that is broken before God. Why is it across the United States of America? Why is it within our Southern Baptist conventions that we're closing more doors to churches? Why is it that our baptisms are plummeting like never before? Brokenness. You can see in the entirety of this book of God's Word, please look at me, do not miss this. Every single person that God used, God took them through a season of brokenness. There are no shortcuts around it. There are no detours. If you say, my domino, I want God to use my domino. I want God to use my life. If you want your life to be used by God, your life has to go through the brokenness of God. What's brokenness? How would you define brokenness? Let me define it for you. Brokenness is the process where God brings us to the end of ourself. And so that we will totally love, trust, and submit to Him as our authority. Brokenness is the process that God brings us that we will come to the end of ourself. So that we will totally love, trust, and submit to His authority. I'm telling you, you cannot find a single person that God used in a great and mighty way that did not go through a season of brokenness. Let's look at it. Let's start with David. Psalms chapter 34, begin in verse number 8. I love verse number 8. Verse number eight is just kind of giving us the, just the seasoning of this passage of Scripture. Look what David says. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? 
Let me ask you this week, did you taste and see that the Lord is good? I want you to know this. When you face brokenness in your life, you must always remember God is good. God only does what is right. And God has the authority, and God is in the place that he has the right to bring brokenness in you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Here's what happens. God brings something in our life to bring brokenness, so it will be the process that we will come to the end of ourselves, so that we will totally love trust and submit to his authority. Many times when God brings something in our life to bring brokenness in us, sometimes we get angry with God. May I ask you, have you ever seen somebody that is angry at God? I mean, you can just see within their soul, you can see within their core that they are just angry at God. You can just see them. If you want to experience God's blessings, you've got to be marked by his brokenness. When God brings brokenness, don't get angry at God. When God brings brokenness in your life, don't get bitter at God. When God is bringing brokenness in your life, don't look. Man, that family over there, that person, their life is so easy. God, why am I going through this? God allows us to go through brokenness so we'll look more like Jesus and so we can live in all the power and the life that God has for us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. So let me ask you, is the Lord good? So if you're in a moment of brokenness, Don't give it a stiff arm. We're really good when God's trying to work in our life. We want to give God a stiff arm. Well, I don't know about that. Instead of giving God a stiff arm, here's what I want you to say. We've got to embrace brokenness. Look what the Scripture says, Psalms chapter 34. Look at verse number 18. And I want you to mark two words in this text of Scripture. Psalms 34, verse 18. 18. Look what it says. And the Lord is, what's your next word? Let's say that. The Lord is what? The Lord is close. You know what I love about our God? He's near. Okay. Who is he near to? Look on in that verse. Look at it. You can read ahead a moment. I want you to figure this out. The Lord is near to who? The Lord is near to who, my family? The brokenhearted. Quit trying to push away that brokenness and said, I want you to embrace the brokenness that God wants to bring. He'll be near. I want you to hear this. If you want to experience the incredible power and might of God, God will take you through a season of brokenness.
Not only will God take you through one season of brokenness, I believe I've been a Christ follower since the age of five years of age, and God has taken me through a series of, of times of just complete and total brokenness. Lord, I'll never forget, I was in college, and, and I was in a season of brokenness. I had several roommates, and I thought all of them were out of the apartment, and God just had me a point of the process of bringing myself to the end of myself. Could you imagine, First Baptist, what it would look like if all of us went through a, the process of brokenness and we all came to the end of ourselves? then church would not be about us. But I'll never forget in college, I thought all my roommates were out. I remember laying on my face before God, stretched out. Crying out, God, I'm broken. Oh, God, if, if you don't see me through this, there's no way out. Man, I had a very loud conversation that day with the Lord. And you know what I've learned? God's got some big shoulders. He can handle it. He already knows what I'm thinking and what's going on. Man, I, I'm just crying out before God saying, God, I need you. After a while, not knowing one of my roommates was there, he came out and said, Eric, are, are you okay? I said, yeah. God's just taking me another step of removing something out of my life that doesn't need to be there. First Baptist, if we're going to do all that God wants us to do, He's going to walk us through brokenness, but he'll be near. We don't need to push it away, but we need to embrace it. Look on what that text of Scripture says in verse 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Let's face facts. None of us have arrived. We are all broken. We are all messed up. The moment that you think you have arrived, God help us all. Have you ever been around that person who's just arrogant? Do y'all like being around arrogant people? You know what I want to do to arrogant people? I'll, I'll just tell you. I, I, I'm pretty transparent. So I just want to take a pen to that person who's arrogant and just pop them. You know, and just say, get over yourself. We are all separated from a holy, righteous God. And we all come to the cross completely broken, needing salvation. Look what this text goes on to saying. And saves. Mark that word, saves. First word we marked was near. That he's near to the brokenhearted. Look at the second thing in this text of Scripture. And save such as have a what? Contrite heart. 
Not only is he near to that, but he saves. Several, not too long ago, I was checking into the hotel. I was in for some meetings, and it's about 2 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, when you're just tired, your brain's not all thinking all there. I go to check-in. I said, I'm here to check-in. Of course, they put me on the top floor at the very end room. You know what I'm saying? God love them. God bless that person who did that. But I go all the way up. I carry all my luggage up there. And I, I, I take my card and I put my card up to it. And what am I wanting? I'm looking for the red light to turn what? Green. Didn't turn green. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, I lug all my luggage. I lug all my stuff back to the front desk and say, hey, this... I am so sorry. This key doesn't work. Can you do another key for me? Sure, we'll be more than glad to. They did another key. I went back up to the top floor, went all the way to the end room, put my key up there again. I was waiting for the click and the noise, watching it turn green and red. Turned back around, went all the way back down. You know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Finally, they got me the right key. You know what I see Christ followers do all the time? They say, man, we want to experience all of this that God has for us. We want to watch God open the windows of heaven. We want that. But they don't get the right key. Let me show it to you somewhere else. Turn a couple pages over. Look at Psalms 51. We know Psalms 51 very well. This is David just pouring his heart out before God. David, after he is, man, sinned, murdered, adultery. I mean, sin will bring us to a place of brokenness. And here he is crying out to God. Look what it says, Psalm 51, verse 16. Look at verse 16. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. Verse 17, and if you're taking notes, you're marking your Bible, just put a little star by verse 17. This is beautiful about brokenness. And by the way, just look this way. I, I believe, as our family's been here, I can't tell you how many people said, Brother Eric, we're so ready. And you know, I think one of the reasons why you're ready because I think as a church, y'all have walked through a season of brokenness. And please look at me. God will never waste brokenness. God will never waste a pain that he puts us through. God will not bring circumstances and allow things in our life Accept what he brings so it will glorify him. I believe y'all been on this journey 
of brokenness. Look at what this verse says. Verse 18, I mean verse 17. This is worth the whole day. Get this right here. The sacrifices of God are a what? That's totally contrary to what the world says. God says to be usable, you got to be a broken. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a what? Contrite heart. Oh, mark this last. This, this is good. I mean, this is really good. Look what he says. These, oh God, you will not what? Despise. You know what? When we come before the Lord and say, Lord, we are broken. The Lord will never despise a broken person. I mentioned when I was in college and I was broken. You heard me talk about it a while back. A season of brokenness is when we walked Emily through her birth and Probably the most broken time is at Central Baptist Hospital in West Kentucky when I was all by myself meeting with the doctor. And they said, we don't think Emily's going to make it and we don't know if Amy's going to make it. And let me tell you, all I could do in that hospital room all by myself is get on my knees and say, God, I'm broken and I need you. And you know what I found out from personal experience? God will not despise a broken heart. You know what our community needs? Our community needs us broken. So we will be usable for a holy God. You know who set that example for us? Jesus himself. Turn to Philippians chapter 2, and, and, and I'll be done. Look at Philippians chapter 2 in the incredible passage of Scripture beginning in verse number 5. Here is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, leaving the glories of heaven, coming to be broken for us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. There are no shortcuts. You've got to go through brokenness. I think a lot in our culture today, we have done everything that we can so we can avoid pain and issues, but it's those very things that God grows us in. Philippians 2, verse 5. This is talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What Jesus did on our behalf, how he was broken. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, the mind of Christ, let it be in us. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. What did Jesus do in verse 8? And being found 
or verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. You talking about broken? Who sets the ultimate example of brokenness is Jesus. Verse 8, in being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Brokenness will always lead to humility. Brokenness will never lead to arrogance. Brokenness should lead us to a point that we humble ourselves before the Lord. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. What do we say? Brokenness is, brokenness is the process that we come to the end of ourselves, so that we will trust, that we will love, and that we will submit to the authority of God. What does it tell us in this scripture? That Jesus Christ, he submitted in such a way, even obedient to the point of what? death. I love verse 9. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't that a beautiful text of Scripture? But how does it come to us? It comes through brokenness. Here's the invitation. We are all messed up. We're all separated from a holy God with our sin. We needed a Jesus to come and be broken to die and come back to life for us. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, the Scripture says today is the day of salvation. If you've never trusted Him, why don't you come? Maybe you're in a season of brokenness. Come and embrace the brokenness of Christ. Let me tell you, the greatest blessings you have ever experienced will come through as you embrace Jesus in the midst of your brokenness. Someone would say, Pastor Eric, quite frankly, you're talking about a realm I'm really not getting. If you've never walked through a season of brokenness, the moment we stand and I'm calling you up for to this altar, why don't you come and say, Lord God, I don't understand this, but you tell me that you are near to a person that is broken, that you are near to the brokenhearted. Lord God, I don't understand all this, but God, will you open up my eyes and will you open up my heart to it? And God, will you remove everything of me out of me and only leave Jesus? See, if you do that, you're going to feel the Holy Spirit of God 
reaching down in the core of the depths of who you are, and he's going to start ripping things out of your life. Why? Because he wants you to look like him. So you don't know Christ, why don't you come? If you're broken, why don't you come? He will not despise you. Come broken. If you don't know what this is going on, what it's even talking about, why don't you come and say, God, open up my eyes and my heart so I can see it. Every person God used in the Scripture in a mighty way, they went through a season of brokenness. God marked them before he used them. Oh, God, mark us with brokenness. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray across this room. God, we want to see what only you can do. We want to see the mighty hand of God work in the midst of us. Lord, I'm asking you, just shake us to the core. God, bring each one of us in this room to the end of ourself. God, bring us to Galatians 2.20, that I no longer live, but it is Christ. God, bring us to the place that all we can do is get on our face before a holy, righteous God and cry out to you. Thank you, Lord, you will not despise us. Thank you, Lord, that you'll be moved with compassion over our soul. God, we want to experience all that you have for us. But Lord, it comes through the key of brokenness. God, we've got to be broken so we can see those 2,000 homes that need you. God, let us be broken so we can see the 530,000 people in our county that need Jesus. Lord, we declare one day every knee is going to bow. One day every tongue is going to confess that Jesus, you are Lord. God, I pray that we'll start doing it now. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, awaken us to your call. Awaken us to what you have for us. God, thank you that you will never waste our broke, that brokenness. You will never waste the pain. But you'll use it, use it for your glory and for your namesake. Oh, God, shake us to who we are. Right now, as no one's looking, we're about to have the most important time of the service. I'm inviting you to Jesus. It doesn't matter if you have everything, but you miss Jesus. 
you miss Jesus, you miss it all. I would be a fool to think that every person in this room knows Jesus. In just a moment, if you don't have that personal, intimate relationship with Christ, the moment we stand, you walk down this aisle and say, I'm broken, I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness only found in Jesus. Don't listen to the devil's lie. The devil's going to tap you on the shoulder. Not now. You can wait. Don't believe the devil, but believe the Holy Spirit drawing you. You come and get saved today. For some of you, you've been on the sidelines. You've been in the stands. Today's the say to come get on your knees and say, God, I'm getting in the game through brokenness. I'm not talking to your neighbor. I'm talking to you. This is your moment. This is your time. He said, this is now. This is serious. Won't you just come to this altar and say, God, take my life, bring brokenness, and use it for the kingdom of God. What is the Lord asking? You come. Oh, Lord, do a work in here that only you can. God, I pray only your spirit has freedom in this place. And God, may every one of us walk in obedience to where the Spirit's leading us. In Christ's name, amen.